following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome, everybody, to episode 15 of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review. How you boys doing? You guys ready to rock on a movie? Guys, that's not to toot my own horn, but I think I picked <laughs> the best music for this uh, podcast. He did it. I feel like this. Bingo. I, I feel like I've definitely heard this in porn I used to steal out from underneath my dad's bed on VHS tape. Well, I definitely know I heard our other entrance to our entrance music to our other podcast in a porno, so you probably did. Before we get into this. Uh, um, Rob Zombie. Um, <laughs> It's not out I yet. Love, you, I it, love clowns. I, you know, it, I, it, it was it was Rob Zombie where it needed to be Rob Zombie. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was Texas where it needed to be Texas. Anyway. Fuck, fuck me, I have no girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, um, go. So before we get into the movie tonight, I talked to Justin a little bit about this, and I want to when you hear so. Uh, vampire movies are probably my least favorite of the horror monster genre. I can agree with you on that. Um, I have to disagree. That's probably my favorite of the horror genre. So I'll ask you this question. But Jeremy. I do agree that there's a lot that is crap. There's there's a lot that's crap. But like Lost Boys, fantastic. Interview of the Vampire, fantastic. So there are good ones. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Fantastic. The fucking count. Uh, wow. Uh, 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 uh. But uh, okay. So, I love to count. In uh, your opinion, an accent? when a vampire changes, is it like stasis? Does he stay exactly where he is and never ages? I, you know, I never really thought about that. I would say, I don't know. I guess the way I may have thought of it is like whatever age they were, they got youth. They went younger? Yes. There's, there's a, a unique thing in this movie that made me think about other vampire movies that... Like, in this movie, the vampire has a five o'clock shadow. It pissed me off that, like, no, you can't grow facial hair. You're a vampire. You can't get any older, meaning you can't grow a beard or huh. your fingernails can't grow. And then it started made me think of other vampire movies where, like, in Lost Boys, they have, like, a goatee and a little facial hair. And we like, never really see their maintenance or anything. I, but yeah, it's just it was, it's another reason that pissed me off about vampire movies. Sorry, I, think I just had to get that off my that, chest. Before that makes we the mythos of vampirism like so fluid. Is like there are certain vampire Gender mythos fluid. where it's like <laughs> you know they're they're decrepit and wretched and like just you know the, these monstrosities, and then there are the ones who become more youth or more vibrant or being able to be lust after. Which I never. That is, very much pushed in a lot of... So another, like, New Moon, when Edward Cullen gets all sullen and whatnot, motherfucker's got a five o'clock shadow. How's that happen? Because, I mean, some vampires are 
born vampire and others are changed. Some can turn into smoking bats and werewolves or, or just wolves, I should say. And then Justin is the spokesperson for vampires. Yeah. <laughs> You've never played Masquerade with all the different vampires and no, but I have my fair share of goth women. Oh, gotcha. Well, now that uh, the listeners know that this movie is going to be a vampire movie, uh, not that this it's going to be anymore. This is home on the range. It wasn't going to be much of a surprise. I mean, like it's promoted as such. It's blood and donuts. Sorry, it's 1995's. Blood and Donuts. Fuck. Here we go. <laughs> People don't understand because he edits this, this shit out. Yeah. Uh, so you sound better. stupid trying to laugh at me. Yeah. It would have been much better if it was 1999. 2025. I'll cut that what? out too. 2071's yeah. Blood and Donuts. But yeah, this is a Canadian vampire movie. Hey. Age. Yeah, is directed by Holly Dale, which she's done a lot of TV directings uh, with like Law and Order, Dexter, Blue Bloods. Bomb, bomb. She has like 91 director <laughs> credits, primarily TV shows, like I said. It stars Gordon Curry as Boya the Vampire, who he's also in like Jason Takes Manhattan, the eighth one. There, He's also in 21 Jump Street series. He's in Alive, Puppet Master. Hey, a uh, couple Puppet Masters. Yeah, Poltergeist, uh, four and five. He was in Poltergeist, The Fear, Resurrection, and Highwayman. He was on Pol- Poltergeist, the television show. We should be specific. <laughs> Same thing, right? There, no, <laughs> no. Because he, if I'm not mistaken, he was also in like a Friday the 13th television show. Or no, was that? Jason Takes Manhattan. No, I'm thinking of David Cronenberg. He was in like a Friday the 13th television show. Possibly. Which oh, is yeah. very different from being on a Friday the 13th movie. The only female pretty much in this entire thing is, well, I guess there's two. There's two. Yeah. Well, there's more than two because of pictures, wow. but so they're not really whole actors. sentence just yeah. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Helene Clarkson as Molly, the lovable Molly. She's mostly in TV shows as well, like X-Files, Kung Fu, Earth, Final Conflict. Louis Ferreira as Earl. I thought Earl was a very lovable guy, but he's also done a lot of TV. Absolutely. He, worst accent I've ever seen in my life. He, it bothered me the whole time I was watching that movie. I'm like, where the fuck have I seen this guy before? And I didn't want to IMDB it until I was done. And then it was, when I looked at his IMDB, it's like, I remember him from the Saw movie that he was in. Yeah, Saw 4. He was in Westworld, Riverdale, Man in a High Castle. A lot of the same people... Played with the same stuff. Also in like Bates Motel, Breaking Bad, so Dawn of the Dead, Tells from the Crypt. Also 21 Jump Street and Fi- Friday the 13th TV series. Prom Night 2. Prom Night 2. These are just all the horror stuff because I'm also trying to market it towards you guys. Like, uh, you guys know this guy. This it, is probably where you know him. If from. it ain't Rob Zombie or Clowns, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Shut up. <laughs> but it's about Rob Zombie and Clowns, so I'm 100% hard. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and give our ratings for this. Lonnie, uh, being that you don't like vampire movies so much, or at least the mythos of it, five. So I have matured a lot from the Alpha Dog days. So I'm not going to shit on this movie Fuck as you. much Alpha as I shit movie. on Al- it is. Alpha Dogs was not a good movie. What it standard for it was This movie 
suffered from one of the biggest identity crisis of any movie I think I've ever watched in my life. This movie had no idea what it was. Was it a comedy? Was it a monster movie? Was it a rom-com? Was it like a fucking three-way chick flick fighting over a man? Was it a mobster movie? This fucking thing did not know what it was. It did. No, it The actors knew what they were. No, they the- didn't. <laughs> no, they really didn't. And then it had terrible accents in it, but it was one of the most charming adventure rides I think I'd ever had. I didn't like it at all, but there were so many parts about it that I was surprised that I actually enjoyed. I love David Cronenberg in it. He's that guy who it's like, hey, there he is. You don't know why you remember him, but you remember him from stuff. And then you're like, oh, it's because it's fucking David Cronenberg. All in all, with all that said, even with a little nostalgia bump from the donut shop and reminded me of the donut stop on 13th Street that I spent way too many hours in, I'd give it a five. Jeremy? So as stated before, vampires are like one of my least favorite characters in like the horror world. Not a huge fan of a lot of zombie uh, (laughs) vampire movies but this one I can agree with Lonnie where it's just like I feel like the story was all over the place they didn't know where they were going with it so story wise didn't really care for it but there was something about this movie that just like captivated you and I really like the style in which it was shot I like the sets the settings that they're at the donut shop the hotel room the alleyway the cemetery it just reminded me of those 80s, early 90s horror films that I loved, and it gave a good vibe to me and took me back to those days. So for that reason, I'm going to go a little bit higher than Lonnie, and I'm going to give it a 7. Nice. All right. There is a lot, I guess, I I, I go against some of your guys' opinions as far as like the identity crisis or being in all over the place. I think the characters were stronger in their elements as in Earl was so aloof cab driver the Molly kind of a jack of all trades knows a little bit of everything as well as Boya being that he has the time experience where she has the books smart you know a reader in a in a cafe um, the other characters who are mobsters and kind of a lousy cronies and plus for the simple nostalgic effect for me I guess the locations the sets and that I watched this as a young uh, lad Lad, thank you. Yeah. When I was younger, this is one of the movies that I always had to watch if I saw it on like HBO, Cinemax or so. I was like, yeah, ooh, ooh, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. This stands away from most vampire movies because, yeah, there's a, a significant character who is a vampire in this, but it's not based solely around his vampirism, rather the mortality or the significance of his or mortality alone. Like there is so much as far as like just laying down And even though he he might have so much to live for that he wants to ease end the hurt of not only himself, but others, whereas he could be the cause or just him being there. So it's a vampire movie where he's having an identity crisis about being a vampire, not an identity crisis, but a coming to terms. So my, my overall rating, I guess I would have to put it at an eight, which gives us a BPT rating of seven. Thank you. <laughs> it's just everything about this movie, like the comedy really wasn't funny in this, but it was close. 
I thought it was charming rather than like laughing funny. It's like, oh, right. Okay. Where in like the beginning music was like, like what you would expect a comedy music in the 90s to be. And then like the horror was like almost scary, but wasn't scary. And it's like, I see your attempt. And the rom-com, it's like, that was almost rom-com-ish, but it wasn't. And then, like, the Fatal Attraction-esque thing, like, was almost there, but it, it wasn't. It's like everything was almost great, but then it just, they're like, nope. If they would have just had a little ball ball bit bigger of a budget. Gonna, yeah, yeah, that's going off of, I think that's also going off of the, if you want to call it emotions. Uh, vampires commonly are ones who are to be lust after, who are to be in control, the dominant of the prey. Whereas he knows that's his position, but he has a heart. So it's harder for him to kill at will or to like even the people who are hurting the innocent or his friends are yet to be friends. Like he's still showing them mercy when he comes. His original lust arises to a homeless man who is broken and he, he sets the guy back down because it's not the right thing to do. That actually that scene at the beginning actually tugged at my heart. I don't, and that's weird to say for the type of movie this was, but when he picked that guy up and just the look on that homeless man's face, that utter the noise fear, he, like, oh. he made and stuff like that, it's just like, oh, and then like to see him go through it, like, oh, and he put the guy down. I was just like, man, like whoever that they got to play that homeless guy pulled off yeah. that look and that sound he made really good. So this movie starts off in like 1969 at the space exploration where that's the day that Boya climbed into a bag to sleep. So this is about 30 years or so that he's asleep. And so he's developing the hunger. And when he sees that person, like his hunger is not satiated. He's, he's looking to, to satiate himself. But when it comes to life, humans, he has a heart for them. He has a soft spot because, and it's not explained, but I don't know if he was ever human or if he turned I was going to say, I seen the movie. I still don't know if I fully yeah. understand what the movie is about or what some of the plots were and why some of the things happened. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, they really uh, leave it up to interpretation to uh, say where he came from. I think a lot of it is starting by, well, because of the heart, I guess. Um, it all comes around the golf ball. Well, the golf ball is symbolic to the moon. It has its own craters and stuff, and that's the thing that woke him which is also the thing that put him into sleep. When they did the space exploration to land on the moon, there was a line in it where he's talking to his girlfriend at the time, Rita, yeah. and he says, they ruined it. Like the moon was pure, but for them to step foot onto it, it ruins it. It's not pure anymore. It's So purity is something that he wanted, and the moon is kind of symbolic to that for gratitude and kindness. It's a feminine planet. It's a like a softer celestial body. And it reflects the sun's light. Him trying to reflect that back to his relationships is important, but knowing what he is and how he's outliving a lot of people, it brings some sadness. And then, yeah, the the song that you were talking about, the it starts off with like the the Mr. Sandman, and it's like, wow, I think everybody loves Mr. Sandman. That song's used. It is. It's overused, so but it's still. Wow, I found it fitting for something like this. I mean, at the time, yeah, not many movies had used it. I mean, there's a lot of newer movies that use that song now, but... The Sandman itself is like a Scandinavian legend, which brings dreams to people, and yes. he was there to... <laughs> he was there to fulfill people's dreams, like Earl. Like he... Mr. Sandman. Up, set him back. Yeah. It's hard to think 1995 was almost 30 years ago at this point. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> man. 
I will say Earl to me was the best part of the movie. I his think comic his, relief was yeah. great. His his accent was meant to be it's all over the place. Fucking like, horrible. You closed your eyes. I thought it was fucking Christopher Walken. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking he's just doing a bad Christopher Walken. Yeah. No. It's it, just, but part of me was like, well, Christopher like Walken's a, not an accent. It's a dialect from the country he's from maybe this guy is also from that country and i'm just racist he has more of like a with canadian brush to it but more of like an italian like you know you say you want to we go there no you're like my friend if, if fortune <laughs> would have it I, uh, yeah that's I a little more <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna go stay at uh, my place <laughs> My wife. Uh. <laughs> you were in the closet. You want to yeah. come make the love goose on my stomach? <laughs> but yeah, so Boya. Boya's name actually means scared. And I think Gordon Curie, the actor who played Boya, expresses that scaredness. Because, I mean, like, if his hunger were to take over, he know what would have become of it. Like, there was well, one of the parts where he actually did kill the, the boss. David Cronenberg. yeah. Doctor, is it Gibbs or something like that? Yeah, he was a crime boss. Cronenberg was. He's also known as like the king of venereal horror or the Baron of Blood, who is known for like he was in the Fly Scanners Videodrome. Yeah, he wrote those as well. Yeah, or some of them. I don't know if he, he did all. He wrote of them. the Fly. He wrote Videodrome. Yeah, he was in uh, Night Breeders. He was the doctor in Night Breeders. Yeah, there was a line that Earl said upon his first meeting of Boya. Boya got in the car, so. At this point, Boya comes out of his slumber. He goes back to his the grave in which he buried some significant things, a photo book, a jacket, a few other small items. Yeah, he recovers the jacket, or, yeah, well, I guess he gets into the taxi with Earl. And Earl, like, he makes a comment about, like, I don't trust a man who, who doesn't cry. And he's like, we're all human. But that's the thing is because Boya isn't necessarily human, but he still has, like, the biggest heart than, than most humans, it seems like, these days. Whereas, like, Molly... She seems like she has a heart. She knows what's the right from wrong, being that she works a nighttime shift. She's probably numb to a lot of the interactions, especially between like males. Right. It's like she'll close off. Just, she, you know. she works the 24-hour shift at a donut shop. She's seen some shit. Yeah. And that, the, the introduction with Earl. <laughs> I liked going back to his humor. He's reading a book while driving a taxi cab and his hubcap falls off. It's like he's so clumsy. <laughs> it's, yeah, that guy. That movie made me want to try a, a kiwi donut. A kiwi donut? Yeah, because that's what he chooses. Yeah. It's new. Like, <laughs> we, kiwi was new in 1995. I remember getting, like, kiwi strawberry mm, drinks mm. and being like, these are the shit. I think another reason why I subconsciously like this movie is because it reminds me of my favorite movie, The Crow, where a man kind of returns. He's not really coming back from the dead, but he returns, he grabs his shit, and then makes small relationships here and there and tries to set things right before he departs again. So are you going to say throughout this it's an allegory for Christianity? No. Man comes back with his sins washed and sets everyone free? No. Good. No. And have a woman fall in love with him so easily? That's... She didn't fall in love. She well, was just, she didn't. it wasn't love. It was lust. She didn't know what she was feeling. She actually cared more for Errol. I will say I did like the sex scene where there was no touching involved. It yeah, was this just, was probably one of the most yeah. craziest sex scenes. She had some nice nippage going on in that, <laughs> that too. But I was just like, wow, that's like 
a really powerful sex scene for two people to be in completely opposite yeah. scenes. So Boya is in the bathtub and they have like this psychokinetic or parapsycho sex scene. It, it's crazy. It's like two things can be affected at the same time in different places. It's sort of like his singularity. And he came so hard that bathwater was white. <laughs> it was white. That, oh, man. that was sexting before cell phones were a thing. Oh. And then where he replenished himself with his own blood. Why don't you just do that in the beginning? I like how um, every time like she would catch him doing something, he would say, oh, I was in the circus. Yeah. Or, he always had an excuse. To, I used to terminate. But he was <laughs> never. never the, the thing is, is he wasn't really revealing the truth always, but he was always honest. So like, yeah, he was at one point probably in a circus. He was a exterminator at one point. Like it shows like the photo book. It's just pictures of the tits. <laughs> In 1861 was the last date that you see in the photo book. So he was at least a man in 1861. There was like a pick in England at the Royal Ascot in 1947. And like the breaking of the shovel. That I I thought that was a pretty decent effect of like breaking the shovel and then Rita using that as a weapon against him. Throwing vampire lore right out the window. Yeah. And he's like, don't believe everything you see. Yeah, Pulls like it out. Line. Yeah. There's a few effects in there. I think one of the cool effects was the... Flying, but not showing him that's flying, using the camera as him when he kind of jumps yeah. and then you see the That extent. wasn't the first movie to do that. They, I think they took that from Lost Boys, which was recorded, I think, shortly before this came out, but definitely before this came out. I think Lost Boys was, what, 92, 93? Really? Yeah. I it was way before that. Was it? Didn't you like the, the marks and smudges? <laughs> that that line, yeah, that was my favorite line in this movie. That eighty seven was geez, okay. That yeah, that that monologue from David Cronenberg was a fantastic motivational speech. It's like there are people who make smudges in the world, and then there are people who leave marks. Be a mark. Are you a mark? I'm a smart mark. Oh, smudges can be my removed. my laughing track is not. Bring that back over. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, I, I do kind of wonder how Earl, because he's such a likable character, how did he end up under the, the heel of these crime bosses? I don't know. They really don't say. That's another one of the things in this movie that is kind of left ambiguous is they could have left certain things out of this movie and emphasized other things in this movie. And I think it would have made it not necessarily better, but would have made it more, I think, a complete story. Like they could have left out the Rita section of the storyline. I think that was important because that also pushes him to his ending because he came from one timeline. She was part of an older timeline, but seeing her as, you know, she, her thirst or lust for life, like if she was a vampire, she'd be one of the evil ones because she has the vanity, which kind of corrupts her. But was it really necessary? Like it, when you have this already ongoing storyline between Earl it and- is a It's a wedge between... Molly, for sure. Too much. Not too much. It was, it was pretty basic. It's a basic movie. It's a basic yeah, plot. It's, not... it's just too many plots. It's mainly Earl and Boya's story, which connects them to the female actresses or actors, the female characters. Right. But yeah, two things are happening with, well, I guess more things are happening with Earl. Earl befriends a vampire, uh, still trying to chime back at a relationship that he had with Molly and is kind of intercepted with the mob boss. So he's backed into a corner in so many different ways or trying to find his corner, I guess. Going back to Earl as a taxi cab driver, do you guys remember back in the day, like now like you can just get on a phone and order a 
vehicle, a cab or something like that. But back then you had to call the place for them to dispatch something. But Or just stand on a street corner. Yeah, and then wave your, yeah. Well, I still do that every once in a while, like when I go to Chicago, just for the nostalgia of it. This shit's terrifying. Nobody stops. Nobody right. stops anymore. I don't. I've never done an Uber. I don't want to do an Uber because I'm afraid of what I might get. Yeah. So for Boya's abilities, like he has this ability to like, if I will call it like shadow walk. So his sending his intentions are psychokinetic, like his tele. Yeah. Tele, it's like shadow walk, thoughts. and then he can jump high. He can regenerate, breaking his nails off. Like that was very. I felt like that was. He stole not that from new. one more Bobby. <laughs> she. They broke their nails off? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did. If you haven't seen One More Body, I must have lost that one. Better than this movie. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't say this movie's bad. Like I said before, this movie isn't bad. It's actually quite charming, and I did really enjoy it. It's one of those movies where you might watch every 10 years. And yeah. Just, just to have on, like, and I don't know if it's one of those movies that you would sit and focus on. It might be, like, one of those movies you put on while you're cleaning up around the house or something right. like that to just have on in the background and just stop every once in a while and watch that part where it's like, oh, here, that part's coming up. But like I said, it, it just, the thing I like most about this movie is just the settings and the vibe it created. Right. It just, it's that, that style of horror that I like. This is a Netflix and chill movie. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite remakes out there. Yeah, basically, it's a shot-for-shot shot remake with five minutes of bonus footage at mm -hmm. the end. There's a line that Boya said. It says, I believe uh, dreams are the dialogue between the body's mind and soul. And I thought that was kind of like a powerful That's message. A beautiful message, yeah. yeah. And the part where he's at the donut shop and he's looking through the phone book and he sees Rita Poe, but she lives on Ash Road. And... He's been shown to be stricken with sadness due to, like, her, but hasn't yet seen his past love at this point. Like, he doesn't know that she's still alive, and she would have aged because I'm assuming this has happened in the past with him with other relationships. So I guess going through that hurt and loss, that, that or love, hurt, and loss, that love, hurt, and loss, like, yeah. I mean, you have to watch everybody you love die, so. Yeah, and present that question to you guys. If you had the opportunity for eternal life, was it something you would take? Knowing you would have to watch your loved ones die. I think that's the beautiful thing about being human is that there is an expiration date. Like if life was everlasting, then would anything be meaningful? But, but if you had only a limited amount of time, then giving as much as you could makes that even more. But is being a vampire eternal life? Because you always oh, no, no, have no, no, no. You always have an option. opportunity to yeah. end it at any time. It's just. Just go out in the daylight. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. As well, he did. But yeah, no, so Rita, she lives on Ash Road, and ashes, they symbolize the spirit of letting go of the fire or of suffering. It's found in an all-too-real human mortality. And he did scar her, which may be one of the reasons he sought to put himself away and begin his sleep, maybe like kind of as an atonement. So when he awoke, I think that scar is something that kind of like, like he bound himself to her. So him waking wakes that part of him that's inside of her right she mentioned so, yeah. that i thought that was kind of cool also like the going back to the golf ball when it kind of symbolizes the moon but he keeps on like massaging it like it's it's a reminder of his curse it's a recognition of his curse is that why you have a golf ball on your desk that's to rub my 
feet out because I walk a lot. Maybe that's what Boya was using. He rubs it around his feet. He rubs it around his nipple and he's like, holy. His healing abilities probably helps him from getting bunions and corns. Not that I have bunions and corns. But yeah, no, his light as a vampire is the moonlight. It's like the dark light, the reflective light. So he can't walk in the true light, which makes him come to the idea of the sacrifice at the very end where he's still holding the moon as like a a remembrance or letting go where he finally lets it go at the like i thought that was a very noble thing where he gets in like he knew what he was going to do at the very end where earl died and then which because, was a shocker to me like i was <laughs> he's really gonna die i was right. like what the fuck but he didn't die because she reads a lot she knows a lot about the and none of this would probably work out anyways but she knew a lot about auto mechanics. She moistened his hands with the jelly donut, which goes back to the um, the the shop owner. Yeah, he said something about the queen's jelly. They had to like add the color into it because people fear the unknown. He said add red and call it passion, and people eat it all night. Yeah, that was Bernie, I guess. But you know, she she shocks Earl back to life, and then straight into Mister Sin. Yeah. Yeah, the car stereo turns on and the car starts up and Earl comes back to life. And then you can see Boya looking at the, the sunrise. Like he either has to get to cover or call it. And he's kind of making that choice because like he sees the happiness of these two mortals. He also said like all human life is beautiful or, or a blessing or something like that. And so him getting into the truck or the, the car, I guess, but actually didn't i knew like as i was watching him like he didn't get in the trunk well i mean like the actor got in the trunk because you saw him pull away and there's nothing there so not because when she opened the trunk (laughs) yeah he wasn't there there. (laughs) it's a different shot movie magic but yeah no going back to like what bernie said like people fear what they don't know so he adds the color to it and then when earl found out that boya is a vampire he still shuddered with fear like he wanted to be there for him because he saved him but he's like He's freaking like he he doesn't know what to do. It's like you are uh, a vampire. <laughs> you and I should not live together. You might try to drink like, my blood. Uh, might I uh, put you to bed? No. <laughs> he walks him to the closet and shuts the door. He's like, uh, I'll be back later. <laughs> we, we have bats. <laughs> that little when Earl is kind of like dying. And he's like, you know, as I die, go ahead and, you know, feed off me. Do what you please. And he's like, you can't take blood from a dummy. <laughs> he's like, don't oh, make me laugh. Don't, <laughs> don't make me laugh. <laughs> also, Earl driving the taxi cab, this sign that says sunset, which is probably what attracted Boya to Earl. Earl is and drives the ray of sunshine. Like he is kind of like the happiness in this whole thing. The yellow cab. Was it yellow? I thought it was orange. It was orange. It was dark. You don't know anything. Beats the shit out of me. <sighs> That would be uh, the person beating the shit. Um, what's his name? Frank Moore. He's the guy who, Pierce, the guy who played Pierce. Uh, he I don't looks think so. familiar. Oh, sorry, sorry. He played Axel. Uh, Axel? Yeah. Axel was the, the crony, the crony guy. Hadley K. That's the guy who, sorry, Frank Moore played Pierce. So you're asking, do we know who? Yeah. He was the little boy who fell off the um, Niagara Falls in Superman. And Superman saved him. I did not know that. He was also in Meatballs and done, he's done lots of voice I work. I say, I'm on his IMDb page and holy shit, he's done a lot of stuff. It's mostly voice work. Superman 2, Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, the littlest hobo. Going back to like the dating, what I was saying, like eight, the, what, 
Beetlejuice. Oh, TV series. Sorry. Mid 1800s is when the last thing that we see of like Boya, but like the pages are like tattered and torn and almost ancient. Like you don't know what time period it could be from. So he's probably even older than 150, 200 years that we know of at least. I'm looking at a screenshot of when he turned into the vampire to scare those guys out of the donut shop. Yeah. That was a pretty good, I liked that. It wasn't as hokey as the effects were and makeup were pretty good for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of other movies could have taken some notes. It kind of reminds me of like certain CGI. It's like when you have like Jurassic Park as the bare minimum, it's like it's Jurassic Park. It looked, it, it, it sold it. But when people can't even make it that far, it's like, oh, ee. So the, the way we watched this was a link you had sent off of YouTube and it was nine, 10 minute clips of it. Was, is that how you watched it? Both yeah. of you? Yeah. Was the last one all pixelated and choppy? It wasn't for me, but the audio was off on mine. The audio was on on mine, but it was all pixelated. And I was really disappointed because that last shot of Boya on the hood of the car in the sun burning. You can't really see the effects on it. I couldn't see the effects on it because it was just so, it was really badly pixelated. I like re- It might have, it might have been pixelated, but I can't recall because, I mean, I do remember- just watching it on TV all the time. So, and back then I thought it was good. I mean, I, yeah, I was going to say pixelated. It looked like it was pretty amazing. The only effects I didn't really care for is the electricity. <laughs> that was about it. Oh, wow. yeah. I can only. Oh imagine. yeah. There was some like fire that went up through his face and electricity and stuff like that. Yeah. That was pretty rough. But, but yeah, he dies with the platters, the together at last at twilight time. And I thought that was kind of cool. It's like the, the, Seem to think Boya's safe in the trunk, but yeah, he's been, he's out. He's out laying on the hood, getting a good base. Yeah, and he gave them a a happy ending so they can be, and he can't be a distraction to either, or a target, I guess, to Earl. Not that he would be anyway, since (laughs) the people following him is kind of no more. I mean, Axel is still around, but uh, what's his name is dead? Cronenberg and... Cronenberg and Pierce. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a pretty decent soundtrack. Like, they had the platters. They got Pat Ballard with Mr. Sandman, uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You, the Big Blues. The I Blue Put Blues a Spell on You. I love that because that, yeah. that plays a million times at my work during the Halloween season. Like, every year I've been there, it's just like, that's the one song that when it starts playing at work, I'm like, it's officially Halloween time. So, right. it was like, that really took me back. Something I didn't really care too much about, it would be Rita. It's like... She has a full-time job, but she has time to follow people around and right. all this. It's like, you, you got these people's hours down. And, like, even working, she's spending more time in the mirror than she is helping people out. And right. It's like her Isn't beauty she? and her fading. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> her fading beauty is, is something. And it's like, Boya is kind of, like, over that. I don't know if you just want to do, like, a male-female perspective, but as, like, somebody who is immortal, it's like, beauty isn't really everything. It's, like, the relationships that you have, like knowing what is truly like purity purity he knows what purity is it's like beauty is fading even though he doesn't suffer the you know because he's cursed with youth if he continues but it's like he said something like it's like an addiction you don't have to give into it or you have the choice whether to submit so he's not going to like you know punch a hole into the wall to feed off of a rat then have a friend who's willing to give blood right there it's like yeah what would you guys uh change in this movie I would definitely have cut some of the things, would have gave it more of a centralized focus. Like the Rita thing in my mind, I think could have been cut. 
are very, very much minimalized. I think with a more focused plot, I think the movie could have been really great. But I think in general, it was a little all over the place. And they a lot of things that should have been maybe focused on a little bit more and a little bit more in depth lost some attention that it should have got. I guess my push for Rita, because she was that negative influence who wasn't necessarily a mobster, is like her thirst for youth or wanting to be, you know, she's like, why didn't you change me back then? Why didn't you take me then? Make me. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's like, but for her to try to insert herself into a situation which she doesn't belong, like, boy, he tried to walk away so many times. Like, you know, back then he walked away because it wasn't the same. And she's all for, like, you know, give me the power. And he's like, it's not, you're not, like, worthy of having this. And, right, like, you would hurt more than you would help anything. <laughs> and then, like, like I said, inserting herself into things, into, like, Molly. And it's like, look, wasn't I beautiful? But you see the picture with younger Rita and Boya looking exact same 30 years apart right. and that was her kind of like wait a second because she's an avid reader molly is mm-hmm. you know she's always like reading like books on like parapsychology circus dreams extermination then it kind of like got her onto the subject of vampirism which she figured it out so that helps that and when right. he kind of burns from the sun trying to help earl and she allows him to feed off of her just to regain the power and it was a it's not the it's not your normal vampire movie and i think that's one of the things i really loved about it I mean, certain things I would change as far as, like, effects. Now, they probably could have tweaked some relational encounters, but I think it was what it needed to be. It was- yeah. <laughs> I, I, To me, I feel like I think more information should have been given. I think there should have been more of a backstory, or explaining the backstory. To me, when I watch I don't like having to fill in the blanks myself or connect the dots. I want it. As a viewer, I'm not there to have to do thinking. (laughs) I'm here to be entertained and you need to entertain me. And although it was a good movie, I don't don't think it was a bad movie. And it was was something you could follow along. I think there was more information that could have been filled in. And again, with, um, God damn it, Earl, Earl, thank you. I, I clicked on a different page here, so I don't have the name up there. I think knowing more about why he was in the situation he was in would would have been helpful as well. But other than that, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a unique vampire movie, and I give them credit for that. Yeah, it doesn't press on too. I mean, like what what we're discussing in this like does kind of push some of the vampire thing, but it wasn't the focal of this. I guess mortality and purity and life and loving each other. I guess with a vampire in it, that was pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, I mean, I gotta admit, when it was a Justin movie and I was like watching the trailer, I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> but it was actually it was a, it was a pretty decent movie. He likes everything I, I put out there, so he'll eat it up. Uh, Darkly noon. You want to do that one again? We'll uh, do that one next uh, time, bro. Yeah, we might understand it. <laughs> nope, I'm still I'm still not gonna get it. <laughs> There's a uh, podcast we did. You can go check that one out. Yeah, check out our review of Darkly Noon. Was that your first pick? I think it was. It was Pretty that sure. long ago. God, these are just like what? flying by because I, I know Pulp Fiction was our very first very one first that we one. did. And yeah, yeah just, we've done a lot of them. It's weird because I know for that one, it was our first one. I got, I, I remember getting a bunch of audio clips from the movie and stuff like that to play in between. And now we're just like, fuck it. We're just going to talk. <laughs> we're not going to do any extra yeah. work. Pulp Fiction, Dead Don't Die, Passion of Darkly Noon. Man. Terminal, Alpha Dog, Stand By Me, Kill Zone. 
Yeah. Go check them out. They're all good. Yeah. yeah. Except Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog was good. Let's get that good one. one. Alpha Dog got a, oh yeah, I guess he got a six stars. Yeah, because of Dicky Bug over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. There's two things I don't like in this world. Alpha Dog and Justin Timberlake. Together, they definitely did not bring sexy back. Back then, I thought it was cool to not like Justin Timberlake, but he's so He's good. talented, man. I mean, he's, he's so a good. great guy, and he's an amazing musician, and he's a great human being. I think but the, when he re- releases garbage like Alpha Dog, God, that movie was fucking This is This is off of blood and donuts but i think the part where why well, i felt like i might have started liking justin timberlake is when he was on the um ashton kutcher punked punked you got punked. punked where they what are they they took his car away or something like that and he was sitting on his front steps like nearly crying before he they exposed that it was a prank it's like man fuck man like <laughs> he was hurt I, from that I always, <laughs> I always thought that show was funny because it's like ashton kutcher was the one that would always come out but when it got so popular it's like they were doing so many at different times like ashton wasn't at every single one so it was yeah. just like a producer came out you got like, punked and it's like, like who the fuck are yeah, you how does this celebrity that makes them feel like shit like oh i wasn't important enough to have ashton here so, yeah. i liked the next time on ow my balls <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? it's idiocracy uh, that's a good movie we should probably view eventually but hey the Re- republican national convention sure uh, uh. It's it's my turn Get to pick it. political it? choices. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, what do you got on the? Round what do you got? Well, I'm not going to do a swerve this time, and we're actually going to do this. And this actually is not my pick. Somebody suggested we do this movie. I have seen this movie. I think it's pretty funny. But no, we are going to watch the 2011 comedy movie starring Andy Dick called Division Three, Football's Finest. Is it the um, third division? Like, is there a Division One and Two, or is yes. it? Well, no. So in football, there's a division one. No, I I know yeah, that. I didn't movie, know if like. But no, this movie is a standalone movie. Okay. And it's pretty freaking hilarious. I think it's got the type of humor that we all love. When was it? 2011. 11. Yeah. So, uh, definitely looking forward to watching that one again. I think you guys are going to find it funny. It'll be a a nice. Uh, I don't think we've had a comedy movie in some time really on here. If we, if at all, I think election. Like terminal. If yeah. you want, to, election is dark election, humor. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. So one cut of the dead, maybe. Oh yeah. Division three football's finest will be the next one. It's also stars uh, Marshall Cook and Michael Jace. And there's actually quite a few people in this movie that you will recognize. So yeah, Home Alone. I got my pick too, but. Do you want to save it? Because you'll change it. No, I won't change <laughs> it. I know exactly what I'm doing. This one. I'm doing a Barbarian Sound Studio. Ever heard? Yeah, directed by Peter Strickland, starring Toby Jones, Antonio uh, Mancini, and Fatma Muhammad. Oh, huh. And Justin's doing something with probably the name, the no. word "moon" in the title or something. I actually want to do something that we've all heard of. I'm watching the movie I picked. I've never seen, so it's a, it's oh. a movie we're all going into blind. I kind of want to do a rewatch of this, starring uh, Woody Harrelson. And I haven't seen it since like the 90s, but character whom he is portraying is somebody who I've mentioned before on the podcast. The movie I kind of want to review is Larry Flint versus the People. That's a good movie. I have not seen that since the 90s. So I would say it's been 90s since I've seen it. And like freedom, being a podcaster, freedom of speech, you know, and like he was a prime backer of freedom of speech. Isn't Larry Flint the owner of Hustler or something like that? Okay. Was. Yeah. I think he's recently uh, deceased. (laughs) Well- Boys, good times. Get that around. Great oldies. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know you have it. Yes, it's in there queen. somewhere. Michael's not here, but he is. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Thank you guys for tuning in. Come back in two weeks to catch episode BPT036 for some fun talk. Uh, I think we might talk about movies on there. Movies? Yeah. And music. Ooh. No more buttholes, huh? Maybe. Buttholes. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. You guys have a good one? Buttholes. <laughs> Be easy. Buttholes burn. Bob Zombie. Burn. <laughs>